If you're listening on Wolfpack Radio, we've got an exclusive interview for you with Reina Yasmin. More about her after this song titled Banshee. And if you're listening on 97.7 KWNK, don't fret. You can catch the whole interview on our Instagram account at Nevada Noisemakers. Just tuning in to Nevada Noisemakers, you're about to listen to my interview with Raina Gasmine, local singer-songwriter. Welcome, Raina. 
Hello. So the first thing I want to talk to you about is your production, especially on the Wither EP recently released. The production is immaculate. We've got live drums, we've got pounding bass lines, and the instrumentation is all over the place. So first I want to ask you if you had any say in the production uh, and how that mix came to fruition. Well, thank you so much. Uh, yeah, of I really course. appreciate that. Um, I did, yes. I uh, helped co-produce everything I've released. Um, our guitarist, Andrew Caballero, uh, mixed everything that you're hearing and then Sam Larson mastered everything. And I definitely had all of my input in, you know, the way things sound, adding instruments, uh, arrangement, all of that fun stuff. And that can be very frustrating as an independent artist, especially when, you know, dipping your toes in the water with DIY releases, not only with sending your mix over to a uh, producer, a mixer, a masterer, but also in amalgamating this live band and playing all these shows. So you've played at the House of Blues, Brooklyn Bowl at an incredibly young age, which is astounding. Can you talk a little bit more about bringing that live band together and maybe some of the difficulties that come with uh, bringing a live band to round out your sound as a singer-songwriter. Yeah, so starting out writing, I was just alone in my room. All the songs, that's really how they, they start off still. I just record a voice memo. I actually started the band just for one performance. I, it was actually like a House of Blues show, and I wanted to play with a full band. We were just doing a set for Christmas. And then I pulled together some original songs too. It flowed really well. They gave a lot of great input in building the, what you hear now. Uh, it definitely didn't start off exactly like that. So they had a lot of input in that as well. And it just fortunately flowed really well. So we just kept performing and I do the same process, record on my voice memo, send it over to them in a little group chat. And then we'd schedule rehearsal and and work it out together. So that's a very interesting process. And it's very cool that you have that relationship with them where they can weigh in on something and give their opinion. Yeah. And I want to talk more about, you know, as far as a mix, when we're talking about rounding out a sound, uh, filling empty space, you know, in Lights On, you've got that cello. And I know you had a cellist actually play on that record. But what makes you decide to add an instrument like that into a mix? And what makes you take note of that empty space? Really, I just listen to a song. It, it sounds very simple, but I, I just listen to my song and I think let's add this instrument if anything it, it just won't fit and we'll take it out so mm. I really wanted to include and something I plan to do in future releases is also incorporate some more kind of outside instruments uh, similar to cello I wanted to add some trumpet and a few other cooler instruments but yeah yeah that's amazing that you can just go with your gut like that and listen by ear. And when we talk about playing things by ear, because that's how I work as a creative and as a musician, is I learn things by ear. I'm not a very big or good reader, you know? <laughs> and that's, that's something that can be frowned upon in the music world. But interestingly enough, when I hear your music, it's soaked in all of this theory. I, I want to know if that's something that you intend to do. On, on the closer IC1101, you know, you're modulating just with those two chords. Is that something that you intentionally set out to do? Truthfully, no. <laughs> I, I just play around, honestly, when I'm writing. And I, you know, I go to school and I know a lot about theory and everything. But when I'm writing, I really don't think about it. Later on, maybe I'll notice like, oh, we did that didn't even realize. Um, but for the most part, when writing, there's no theory behind it. Mm. It's just kind of whatever my ears want to hear, I guess. I just play ah. different chords, different notes until it sounds the way that I want to. Or if I have kind of a progression or a melody in my head, then I'll just work 
my way, you know, what note is that? I always start with guitar and then kind of simultaneously uh, sing along with the melody, just kind of spitballing words. And and that's a terrific method to have, you know, not to say that they can't work hand in hand, but you really don't need any theory to write a good song, to write a terrific song, right? And that's been proved time and time again um, with singer-songwriters like yourself who just have these immaculate ears, just a sense of what sounds good, you know, and what sounds good to them sounds good to other people. Like in Banshee, you have that E piano that comes in on the offbeats. And, yeah. you know, that it creates this, you know, um, syncopating, this this dissonance in the in the rhythm, right? And it's it's really interesting to hear as somebody who studied theory it's crazy to me that you you just use your ear and you're just and i, I want to play off that because in banshee you've got those e piano chords right is that something that you record that you set out to have somebody record so everybody in the band we were just friends um they're all musicians and yeah uh, his name's zach Wright. he plays piano and a bunch of other instruments too but we just had him play electric piano for that song i really was inspired i wanted that like electric piano feel for this one um i was inspired by part of the name i was inspired by susie and the band cheese and that could be a hard thing for a lot of bands and for a lot of singer songwriters not only to get the ideas out that are in their head right but to yeah. also have that space where they feel like they can freely input their opinions right definitely uh -huh. yeah collaboration and communication i think is so important when it comes to collective work like that but while we're on the topic of banshee uh, i took a look at your spotify playlist and you have a wide array of influences you even say it yourself in your bio right you've got slow dive mitski wilco flores elliot smith all of these <laughs> artists have really one thing in common as far as their lyricism and that's it's drenched in metaphors where a lot of our listeners will probably relate your music to the likes of Phoebe Bridgers. Uh, but as far as Banshee, uh, we open with, there's a woman at my door, she appears when I'm asleep, what does she want from me? And that metaphor is something I found it hard to relate to. I couldn't really interpret that on my own. So could you help listeners who maybe listen to that song and are wondering what your interpretation of that lyric is? Definitely. So this is a lot about my issues with sleeping. I have some trouble sleeping. Uh, sometimes, I guess, insomnia. I have a lot of sleep paralysis. And in a sense, it's kind of overall my mental state too. Speaking physically, like what does she want from me? It's kind of that sleep paralysis aspect when you see like shadows and stuff, it can be pretty spooky. But at the same time, it's kind of personifying my mental state. It stems from a lot of anxiety and even depression. And you'll kind of find those elements in all of my songs a little bit, just because it's kind of something that comes out naturally for me to talk about. Yeah, that's that's basically what it is. That's a terrific double entendre. And now that you explain it to me, it makes a lot more sense. But I think it's beautiful <laughs> that listeners can take that and relate it to anything else in their lives. But I'm sorry, sleep paralysis is a terrible thing from what <laughs> I hear. But <laughs> as far as Banshee in itself, the song really emotes this emotional ambiguity, almost. It's almost like a feeling I've never felt before, right? These lyrics are are spooky and, you know, dreadful, but I, at the same time, the instrumentation is melancholic. You know, you've got these fluttering guitar arpeggios, and it feels very soft. So I want to ask you if that's something you set out to do. Do you set out to juxtapose the instrumentation with the lyricism, or is that just something that comes naturally? It is something that comes naturally, but as I've been writing it's something I definitely try to highlight now so when it's starting out it wasn't really something I thought about 
after listening back, I'm like, oh, well, even in mm. uh, some of that, I feel like could be set in Garden Party too. I, I feel like the instrumentation is very light. I feel like less melancholic, right? It's a little bit more bright and, and all that. But then the words that I'm saying are a little bit more melancholic. So it's mm-hmm. kind of a lot of, I feel like a lot of my songs do end up doing that. Taking note of it, I, I do, I like that. And that's that's a beautiful thing, especially because I feel like you express a lot of your emotions in your songwriting. It feels like, and I'm kind of putting words in your mouth here, but it's kind of an outlet for you, right? Like that's something that that, that helps you feel better. Definitely. Uh, sometimes if I'm just having like a rough day, I'll just take out the guitar. I feel like it's kind of a cliche, but I'll take out the guitar and just, as of lately, I've really been trying to get out of the mindset of this is a song I'm going to release. I'm just trying to write whatever I feel and and whatever comes out. And that has actually helped a lot with any blockage to writer's Mm. block. That's a terrific method. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners who are creatives will find that beneficial to their writing process because I know how difficult writer's block can be and how detrimental it can be to just your output in general. But while we're talking about, you know, the subject of mental health and especially in your lyricism, you mentioned Garden Party. I think the hook to that song is, um, you know, I, I want to, I want to have a garden. It's so hard to do. I can't even get out of bed, right? To, and I'm simplifying it here to, to some extent. Our listeners just heard it, so they have the context. I want you to talk a little bit more uh, and go as far as you feel comfortable going about depression and how you emote your feelings of depression into your songwriting. For me personally, it's kind of this simultaneous feeling of wanting to do everything and wanting to do nothing. And it can be a bit of a struggle, you know, it's hard. And I do feel overwhelmed by that feeling. And that's really what this song is about. And it, in its simplest form, I think a song about longing, you know, longing to do things when you feel incapable of them. And that's you know how I feel sometimes there's a lot of things a lot of different interests in a lot of areas of a lot of different hobbies that aren't just in music and I want to do like everything even you know gardening during this uh, year I've I've been able to get a little bit more into you know getting plants and, and growing things but it's definitely hard to get the motivation for it all the time. Hmm. And I definitely know what that feeling's like. And I, I definitely feel like it's more universal than you and I might think it is when we're going through something like that. Yeah. Because it's, especially for creatives, it's so difficult to pinpoint what you want to create. And I think it's a very insightful thing that you can sit down and just express how you're feeling. That's an issue that I and a lot of other creatives struggle with is just, and I I think that's a talent in itself to be able to block out the world and want to do a million things, but say, I'm just going to write what I'm feeling. And you talk about the humanness of longing, which I, I couldn't have said it better myself, is a direct description of Garden Party. But another description for the entirety of your music, I would say, it follows a theme of nature. And as I'm looking at your screen right now, I'm seeing plants in the background, right? <laughs> you know, you've got a song called Garden Party. We're talking about plants withering on the windowsill and you're climbing in the trees. The trees are, are, are on fire. I know the EP is called Wither, but nature in general, how does that influence your music and your songwriting? Well, growing up, um, nature has just always been something that I feel very connected to. I don't know. I It just is since, I, since I've been a kid. I think there can also be, I find a lot of like metaphors in, in nature. 
that can be connected to like us as humans. I think it's a little bit easier sometimes to look at something grow and then die rather than looking at people, easier to grasp. And that's kind of where kind of metaphors for wither came from. It seemed easier for me to talk about uh, nature and plants. (laughs) I definitely understand that. Uh, when it comes to, because people are so complicated, right? We ourselves are so complicated and trying to pinpoint a feeling can be ridiculous sometimes, right? You know, you can feel a million things at once and that's how I feel when listening to Banshee. There are so many things happening here. All I know is that I like it, right? (laughs) Which is amazing. And I think you're criminally underrated. And when we talk about being underrated and, you know, you're you're a woman in music, I want you to talk about how, uh, how difficult it is to get started and stay motivated and keep at something, even when it feels like nobody's listening. Yeah, it's definitely difficult. And I try my best to stay positive with it. And, you know, do all of the things I try to keep up with social media, and I guess, you know, Spotify playlists, all that, all that stuff. But at the end of the day, I don't really know what I'm doing in those aspects. And I I definitely feel kind of like a grandma with social media sometimes. I have to always read these articles on like ways you should hashtag. I don't know. (laughs) But but yeah, it's definitely a challenge. I feel discouraged a lot for it. And at the end of the day, I just try to remind myself that although I want my music to appeal to others, it is still for me. And it is still how I want to pursue my life. So I just got to keep reminding myself. It's what I love to do. So I just got to keep doing it. (laughs) (laughs) But as far as songwriting goes, yes, you have acoustic and stripped down versions of songs. And that could be overwhelming, no? Just being in your room, sitting and playing guitar and thinking of all of these things and all of these parts for instruments and you haven't even finished the song, you know, that it can be overwhelming, right? So how do you channel that and how do you keep that contained? It definitely can be overwhelming, but for me, I really love bands. I love when things get heavier and then they get quieter. I, I love incorporating dynamics into my song. So actually it's the opposite. It's what keeps me motivated for a song. So while I'm writing, you know, I'm like, I can't, I don't have an idea for a chorus and I'm just playing around. But then once I have a small idea and I'm like, this isn't good. But then I'm like, but wait, if, if drums start to build up here and all of this stuff, it gives me kind of more excitement for it, I guess. (laughs) No, I know exactly what you mean. And it's, it's something that's lacking in the genre of singer songwriter altogether nowadays, I feel like is a lot of people feel like they can, you know, just sing this, you know, same melody over the same chords, which not to rip on that, not to say that's terrible, but you know, we need variety in instrumentation to stay hooked on a song. And your buildups, yes, are very Phoebe Bridgers-esque, but also very Car Seat Headrest-esque. Very like Radiohead in Rainbows as well. And I know you talked about your social media promotion, and I disagree with you. I know how you feel, but I I, I don't think you appear as a grandma because- It, it's just amazing to see. And you covered in rainbows. You covered uh, Weird Fishes, right? Uh, it's definitely, honestly, Radiohead is a huge inspiration of mine. It's one of my favorite records of all time. You and me both, actually. It's, it's one of mine as well. Definitely top 10 up there. So I had one more question for you, and it's about your future as an artist. Where is Reina Yasmin going to be in five years? Well, I hope to continue 
releasing music, I plan this year to release some more music, um, play more shows once, you know, it is safe to do so. And something I really am working towards is also uh, working in the industry. Uh, so A&R for labels and just being kind of a positive person and hopefully a, a role model and somebody who can just kind of bring some growth in, into the industry as well for, you know, women in music, but also just for, for everyone, you know, just inclusive to all, all types of people. Well, we had a terrific conversation today, Raina. And if you want, you can stream Raina's most recent EP, Wither, on all streaming services. And thank you for chatting with, with me, Raina. Thank you. You can keep up with Raina's work on our Instagram at Raina Yasmin. That's R-H-A-I-N-A-Y-A-S-M-I-N. If you like listening to any type of music, you'll fall in love with one of her covers. And if you missed that, don't worry. You can find her through our Instagram handle at Nevada Noisemakers. You can also stream her music on all streaming services. This is Garden Party by Raina Yasmin. so long.